Morning, everybody. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Uh, one of uh, the pastors I respect a lot, his name is Brian Zahn, he says, the message that heaven has to say to earth is, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Uh, that almost all the time, throughout the scriptures, when angels appear, when there's a, a divine messenger that comes and, and speaks, and the, the first words out of their, their mouths to, uh, to us, to human beings, these simple words, don't be afraid. This is what heaven has to say to earth. This is what God has to say to us today. Whatever places we're living in fear, whatever places we feel terrified, God says to us, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is what the angel says to these shepherds who are, are terrified. He says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So these angels, as they kind of burst on the scene, uh, said so this message, the message of Christmas, the message of God coming among us in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, this message is going to be good news that's going to fill people with joy. Uh, this morning, I want to talk about joy. Uh, this morning, I'm excited. Uh, this our, is our second week of a series called The Stable Life, uh, where we're talking about these, these aspects of of. Uh, hope and joy and peace and love that God wants to bring into our lives. Um, and when we, we do, when we accept the, the things that God wants to give us through the power of His Spirit, we believe that it, it brings a kind of stability into the unstable nature of this world. I mean, this world is, is crazy. It's, it's unstable. There are all sorts of things that we can't expect that are just around the corner of our life, and yet we need something stable to hold on to. We believe that God, this God who loves us and created us, is that thing, is that one that we, we, we trust. And one of the cool things, I don't know if you were in earlier to see the video of the other community pastors reading, uh, reading the passage from Isaiah. Uh, if you missed that, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe we'll try to post it on our Facebook page, or you can just stick around for the next few minutes, the first few minutes of next service to see it. But there's a group of pastors uh, that, that are meeting and have met uh, for the last, uh, over a year now, on Wednesday mornings to pray and uh, to just you know, talk about life and faith and, and uh, to trust that God wants to move in, in the people of Hutchinson and Reno County. And so it's cool that this morning as we gather and as we talk about joy, there are Christians all over Reno County, all over the world, who are gathering to talk about these same kinds of things, hope and joy and peace and love. That we're a part of the body of Christ. That, um, that this, this community, South Hutchinson, Hutchinson, Reno County, Kansas, the U.S., around the world, that there are faithful men and women of God who, who are doing the exact same things that, that you're doing, that we're doing. That, that are just opening their lives up to God, trying to be faithful to what God is wanting them to do. And so we are a part. We are a part of these, uh, these faithful men and women who get to do what the words of the song Joy to the World say, to repeat the sounding joy. To, there's this joy sort of sounding, resounding in the world, and we get to repeat it. We get to, to tell this good news, this good news that brings joy. Um, so this morning I want to talk about joy, and, and I... I want to talk about joy. I don't have to talk about joy. My dad always said as a kid, and maybe I've told you this before, he always said there's a difference between if you want to or if you have to. Like, he's like, okay, we're going to go, like, work outside. I'm like, Dad, do I have to? He's like, no, not if you want to. If you want to, you don't have to. But if you don't want to, well, then you have to. So it's, 
the choice is yours. Do you want to or do you have to? I want to talk about joy today. And more than just wanting to talk about joy, I want to experience joy. Uh, and I want us to experience joy. I want Journey to continue to be the kind of people who, who live with this deep well of joy inside of us. Um, and one of the things I love about you all, I love about Journey, is the laughter you hear. Uh, not just on a Sunday morning when you laugh at my lame jokes, uh, but when, like, I, you know, groups are together and you're eating a meal together or you're in a, a class or whatever, there's almost always there's some laughter that happens between services. You notice that. I think laughter is like one of the metrics that you can like, you can sense the health of a group of people. Is there laughter when people are together? Um, because when people, when people are free to laugh, even though they might be working on really hard things and, and there might be some serious things they're dealing with, when people laugh, it, it has a sense that, you know what, like there's a lightness to life, that, that we're at peace with each other, that we can, we can just laugh and enjoy life. And so I hope that we continue to be the kind of people where that happens, where, there, where there's a deep, deep sense of joy. Uh, but maybe, like, there, you would experience a joy deficiency. Like, that you we come and we talk about joy, and if we're really honest, like, there's a joy deficiency in my life. Wouldn't you love if you went to the clinic or whatever, it's your, your, you know, your blood draw to test all your levels, and like, well, you're, you know, your liver's doing good, kidney function's great, your joy is you're a little deficient, um, That'd be, be an interesting way to, like, if you could measure it like that, right? Um, and maybe if we're honest, we would say that, like, I feel, I feel some joy deficiency in my life. Um, I, I really do believe that God wants to, to give us this sense of, 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 this deep and pervasive sense of the goodness, the goodness of life. Sometimes Christians can be fooled into thinking that, you know what, that life with God is not meant to, to be joyful and happy and full of laughter. Like, Christians aren't always accused of being the most happy people around. I mean, sometimes we can buy into this lie that says, no, 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 life with God is meant to be serious and, and stern, and maybe you grew up in a culture like that where laughter was discouraged, where joy was discouraged. It's like, no, 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 it's, uh, I, I had a friend who would go over to his house for sleepovers, and his mom would like, you know, it's like, midnight, and, and we're still, like, going strong, and she would come downstairs, try to get us to sleep, and she'd, like, she'd point the finger at us, and she'd say these words, the Quakers meeting has begun. <laughs> Do you know the next line to this? No more laughing, no more fun. And so, like, maybe some of us grew up in a culture where that was the deal. It's like, no, 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 this is what happens when we are the church. Like, there's no laughing, there's no fun, that, that time is over. Uh, Ellen uh, Glasgow a famous American novelist, when she wrote her autobiography, she wrote about her dad, who was a Presbyterian elder. And, and this is what she said about her dad. He was entirely unselfish. And in his long life, he never committed a pleasure. Like, may that not be said of us. Like, can we enjoy the goodness of life, the gift of life? Life with God is not meant to be gray and austere. It is meant to be alive and in full color and full of joy. That's what life as God is meant, is meant to be like. I think when Jesus comes and he says, I've come that you might have life, life, and have it to the fullest, abundant life. I think that's what he means. Is like you can experience with God, you can experience the full spectrum of life, that you will experience the highs of, of joy and happiness and gladness, and you will also experience the depths of sorrow. You'll experience the fullness of life, and you will know that God is present with you in it all, in it all. Have you seen these videos of these people who um, 
have red-green colorblindness. It would be interesting. I don't know if any of you are, are colorblind, have this red-green colorblindness. Um, and these videos of people who get these glasses that somehow they change the way your brain receives those signals. And for the first time, as they've seen the world through the kind of this dull sort of haze their whole lives, men, women in their 60s sometimes, and, and they put these glasses on, you know, they, it's a Christmas gift or something, they open the, open the glasses and they put it on. Have you seen these videos? If you haven't, like, check these out. It's so inspiring. And they put the glasses on, and the, almost every time, the first thing they do is take the glasses off right away, because it's like, it's almost too good to be true of how beautiful and bright and vibrant this world is. And so then they put the glasses back on, and, and they're just like awestruck, and almost every time they're in tears. They, they end up in tears, which means I'm in tears as I'm like watching this, because it's so meaningful. Now, they're not reduced to tears, they're increased to tears. You know, like sorrow can reduce us to tears. Pain can reduce us to tears, but joy will increase us to tears. Have you ever been increased to tears because of joy? Like, if you think about these people who put these glasses on, nothing changed in their world. Like, nothing changed in their surroundings from the, the seconds before and the seconds after they put the glasses on. The only thing that changed was their perception of it. Right? I mean, the green was still green. The trees were still trees. The grass was still grass. Everything was the way it has always been. But all of a sudden, they get this gift of sight. And now the world is alive and beautiful. And it increases them to joy, to tears of joy. I want to believe, I want to believe that God wants to increase us with joy, that, uh, that he wants to fill us with joy, that if we have experienced a joy deficiency, if we've experienced a, just kind of a, a gray view of the world, that God wants, wants to give us the gift of a new way to see. Can we believe that? Can we believe that? So let's just let's talk about joy a little bit. Uh, joy, Christians do not have the corner market on joy. Um, we're going to talk about what it means to be, like, to experience Christian joy, joy that comes from Jesus. But non-Christians experience joy as well. Uh, joy is a gift from God just by being made in God's image, of being human. Uh, and, and so anybody, it, joy is kind of, there's equal access to joy. And there's this um, type of joy that we could call common joy. Just the experience of joy that is present because God is good and God has given us a gift of living in a good world. So everybody has access to joy. Um, and so one of the places uh, I, I look to in the scriptures that I, I, I love this story, it's in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 14. In Acts chapter 14, uh, you know, the, the church is just getting started. And, and the Apostle Paul and at this point Barnabas, they're like going out into these communities, have never heard the good news of Jesus. Uh, they're not, um, they, they don't know the God of the Old Testament, the God of Abraham. Um, and, and revealed through the people, uh, the Hebrew people, what they have been worshiping, these people, are these, like, you know, the, these Greek pagan gods. And so uh, they're, they're preaching this good news of Jesus. Paul and Barnabas are. And they go to this town called Lystra. And as they go into this town, Paul is teaching, and he looks and he sees a man there who has been lame since birth. He's never walked. And we don't know how old he is, but you, you kind of get the sense that he's, he's an older gentleman. And so he's there, and he is, um, he's laying there, and somehow Paul, like, sees him, and, and his attention is brought onto this man, and Paul sees, somehow perceives that this man has faith to be made well. And so Paul looks at him and says, stand up and walk. And the man, like, 
with courage, stands up, and for the first time in his whole life, his legs find strength and stability, and he starts to walk. Now, in the middle of this, like, this pagan community that they know nothing about the real God of heaven and earth revealed in Jesus, they are just dumbfounded by this thing that has happened. Like, that this man who they knew, they've seen, laying on this mat day after day after day, he stands up and he walks, and so you can imagine this joy that starts to, like, erupt, but they, they misplace it. And so all of a sudden they think like the gods have come among us in Paul and Barnabas. And so they start calling Paul, uh, they start calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes. Now, if you are a Jewish turned Christian missionary, to be called Zeus and Hermes is not a high honor. This is a serious problem. This is missionary engagement gone wrong. And so this is what Paul and Barnabas do. He, He comes to them and he says, but... Or, but, but when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of this, they tore their clothes and they rushed out into the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? Why are you worshiping us? Why are you wanting to make sacrifices to us? We are only human like you, but we bring you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Now listen to what Paul says. Verse 17, And yet, He hasn't left himself without testimony. He has shown you kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons, and he provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with, what does he say? Joy. Isn't this crazy? Like these people know nothing. They know nothing about the God revealed in Jesus. And Paul says, hey, there's evidence of this God already in your life. You, you see it. You see it. this God is a, the rhythms of creation, the beauty of this world. He brings rain and crops and, and all of that, and he fills your hearts with joy. That joy that you feel when you're sitting around a table with people you love and you're enjoying a good meal. That joy comes from God. The joy of a giggling child, the joy of good music, the joy of a promotion at work. This is common joy, and everybody has access to it. And this is what Paul, this is how he connects the dots back to Jesus, is he starts with the joy that's in their hearts already. Is that cool? Like, what would happen if that would be, like, almost evangelism in the church? Is what we, we just looked at the places where God's evidence was already in somebody's life through joy. And we said, do you know why that joy is there? It's because God loves you. Like, God loves you, and he's, he's given you life, and he's with you, and you're creating his image, and And we just connected the dots from joy that's already in their hearts back to Jesus. That's what Paul does. It's common joy. Everyone has access to it just because God is good. God is good. So there's another kind of joy, and it's divine joy. It it is a joy that comes through putting your trust in Jesus, through a relationship with Jesus, and it flows to us through the Holy Spirit, through God's Spirit. And now sometimes Christians, like, we, we contrast the joy that God gives and, and what life is like outside of Jesus. And we say, well, like, joy is only possible in Jesus. And so though all those who are not, you know, have never surrendered their life to Jesus as Lord, they can't experience joy. It's like, you know, life is sort of drudgery and no joy out here, and we have the corner market on joy. I just don't think that's true. It's just not true from common experiences. By looking around, um, the joy might be misplaced and might be misplaced in all sorts of pleasure and hedonism and all that kind of stuff. But God has put joy in the hearts of people, 
And so to move from common joy to divine joy isn't like to move from no joy to, to real joy. It's to, to move from uh, an experience of joy to added joy. It's joy plus joy. Does that make sense? And so there's this divine joy that God wants to give us when we trust our lives to Jesus and the Holy Spirit fills us and flows into our life. And I just want to like kind of roll through a couple places throughout the scriptures that point to this, that, that this divine joy comes to us through a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. So part of, part of what happens when, when we're abiding in God's presence, when we're aware, we're living in the awareness of, of God's presence with us, is, is joy starts to grow in our hearts and it gets expressed in our lives. Isn't that cool? That the more time we spend with God, the more aware we are of God's presence through the Holy Spirit, the more we become like the kind of people other people want to be around. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, would you say that of Christians? Like, they're just the kind of people I can't wait to be around. Man, I love Christians. They're so full of joy. There's just something about them that's like, everybody wants to be around people who are full of joy. Nobody really likes to be around those people who are always sort of sour and, you know, kind of everything is on the dark side of life. We like to be around people who will in some ways lift us so there will be joy. And the more time we spend with the Holy Spirit, the more we will actually be filled with a kind of joy that other people like to be around. This is one of the reasons why people were drawn to Jesus because he was full of joy. He was full of joy. Um, uh, so Psalm 16, verse 11, uh, says this, You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So there's a, a, a joy that comes from being in the presence of God. Luke 10, 21, this is of Jesus. Jesus was full of joy through the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Acts thirteen fifty two, And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, it said of the disciples, when they got together and they had their meals together, they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Like there's a sense of like just overflowing with joy and gladness. It was a mark of the early church. It was attractive to people. And then Philippians 4.4, 4, uh, Paul speaking to the church, writing to a church that was suffering, and Paul's writing from a jail cell. Um, and he says in Philippians 4.4, 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And then it's like, you know, he's writing, he's like, oh, that's so good, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice! Isn't that cool? Sometimes, like, preachers are like, man, that's so good, i got to say that again. That's what Paul does. Rejoice! Be joyful in the Lord, always, like, at all times. That's so good, I'm going to say it again. Be joyful. Be full of joy. So, like, in some ways, Paul says, like, okay, Spirit is wanting to bring joy into your heart. Like, right now, like, there is a valve, sort of, in your heart that there is joy. There is like this, you know what, we were talking to our kids about osmosis the other day. Area of high concentration flows to an area of, uh, area of low concentration. God is an area of high concentration of joy. There's joy in the presence of God. And if you are feeling a joy deficiency, like what we need is to simply sort of open that valve up and allow his joy to flow into our heart. That is right now what the Spirit wants to do in our lives, is to bring the fullness of joy. And we can partner with the Spirit. Like Paul says, be joyful. Like choose joy. Um, rejoice. That's, what, that's all the word rejoice means. It's the verb form of joy. It's to choose it. It's to act out a life of joy. To choose to be joy. To choose to see the world differently than you presently do. So this morning I was, um, it was cold this morning. I don't know if anybody caught on to that. Um, you guys all have like heated garages, you know, where you park the cars inside. And, mm, and some... 
my darker moments, there's some jealousy I feel. We'll deal with that later. This morning I go out and I don't get up early enough to, to go out and start the car and let it run. So I just like get in the car and I let it run and my car is like, it's, it's cold. Windshields frosted shut, windows are frosted shut. And so you know what I did, I chiseled a little hole in and then I drove, no I didn't do that. Um, I waited. And I'm there, and I'm just kind of like, oh, man, it's like, it is cold. And I'm just thinking about, man, I'm running late. You know, I don't have time to wait for this, all of this stuff. And so I'm like, I am not choosing joy in this moment, right? It was a couple hours ago. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, so the, the, the sun is starting to come up in the east, so just outside my driver's window. And I just kind of, like, look over. And I actually start looking at the frost on my window, have you ever, like, looked at these flakes? I don't know what you call them, flakes of frost. It's beautiful. Like, I mean, they're absolutely stunningly beautiful. Like, this artwork that is just plastered to my window that I can't wait till it melts and evaporates, right? And all of a sudden, like, there was this just change in vision to say, like, would you just pay attention to the beauty right here, right here in this moment? And so, like, the Spirit, it wants, God wants to do this in us, to change our vision, to be able to see and experience joy. And we get to partner with God. We get to say, God, I choose joy in this moment. And we do it through, through gratitude. And joy, this joy that God gives us, it is bigger, it is better, it is more beautiful than our circumstances. Right? I mean, it's, it's bigger, better, more beautiful than our circumstances. And that's the third piece of joy. It's deeper joy. Deeper joy. That we can experience this joy even in the middle of difficult things. Even in the middle of really, really hard things. That joy isn't a stranger to pain. It actually comes to us right in the middle of it. One of the places I, I, I love uh, is Psalm 126. Psalm 126 is, uh, and you can turn there if you want to. Psalm 126 is, uh, in your Bible, it might be un- right under Psalm 126. If it's like mine, it says, a song of a sense. A song of a sense. What in the world does that mean? I was like, scratch and sniff. Um, that'd be cool. What kind of scent is this? Um, so Psalm 126, it's a part of this group of 15 psalms, Psalm 120 to 134. And they were psalms that were actually, they're songs. You would sing them. And you would sing them three times a year as you and your community of faith, if you were living in the Old Testament, you and your community of faith would, would ascend up to Jerusalem for wherever your hometown was. Three times a year, once in the spring, um, once in the spring, once in the early summer, and once in the fall, you would come and you would travel like a pilgrim up to Jerusalem to worship God and to celebrate God's goodness. And on the way, you would sing these 15 psalms. Um, and, and so it's cool. God built right into the rhythm of his people this discipline, this rhythm of celebration. Like sometimes we talk about discipline, right? Oh, we need more discipline. What if the discipline was celebration? Like, you, to, to learn how to celebrate, how to, how to just celebrate the goodness of God. And so this psalm, Psalm 126, is part of that. They would sing this on the way up to Jerusalem, and they would say this. Now, when the Lord rest- restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed, and our mouths were filled with laughter, and our tongues with songs of joy. And then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Verse 3, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are, and we are filled with joy. Verse 4, restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. 
Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying the sheaves with them. This joy is deeper. It's deeper, it's bigger, it's better, it's more beautiful than our circumstances. And in this psalm, it talks about how we can be present in this moment. In in verse 3, it says, we are filled with joy. Right here, right now, we are filled with joy. We are a happy people. And the verses 1 and 2, the verses that come before verse 3, they're all looking backward, right? They're looking back at God's acts of faithfulness, of how God has been with us, of how God has provided for us, of how God has met our needs. And not just our own, but this long story of God's people. Like, this is our story. And we look at God's faithfulness to his people, and it fills us with joy when we say, God, you've rescued your people. You've redeemed your people. You have, um, you've brought your people out of so much pain. God, thank you. And by looking backward, we, we learn to trust God, and we are filled with joy here and now in this moment. But verse 4, check this out. Verse 4, 5, and 6 are all looking forward. God, restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Do you know what the, anybody know what the Negev is? Shout it out if you know. The desert, right? The desert. It's a desert it's because it's deserted. Um, that's how I learned how to spell desert and dessert. Desert has one S because nobody wants seconds of that, and dessert has two S's because everybody wants seconds, right? There's something about the, the desert, right? It's, it's deserted. It's barren. It's dry. It's parched. It is not a place you want to spend a lot of time. Do you know where the psalm is coming from? It's coming from the desert. Like, we are a happy people. God, we are a happy people. We are full of joy because we look back and we see your acts of faithfulness. God, we are full of joy. And yet, God, we look forward with hope, as we talked about last week, with hope to a time when you will restore our fortunes like streams in the desert. Because right now our life feels pretty deserted. See, the Negev, um, I've never been there, but sort of I've, I've been told that there are these like furrows in the desert like these, these kind of ravines, dry ravines. And every once in a while, there's rain that comes in the high country surrounding the Negev. And as it rains, there's an abundance of rain in the high country. It will fill, and the water will flow down off the mountains and into the, these furrows in the Negev, and it will fill these dry ditches with water. It'll be like streams in the Negev. And, and sometimes what will happen is there will be these super balloons in the desert. Like the desert will actually be full with full of of uh, of life and flowers, and it's it's a stunning thing to see. And this is what Isaiah thirty five says. He says, "The desert, the parched land, it will be glad, and the wilderness will rejoice, and it will blossom like the crocus. It will burst into bloom, and it will great rejoice greatly with a shout of joy." That even in the middle, if you are feeling in this moment like you are in a deserted place, like there is, there is um, the sense of, of just being alone and, and parched and dry. Can you trust, can you believe that God actually wants to restore your fortunes like streams in the Negev? Can you look forward with hope to the time when God will come and the desert itself will bloom? Can you take from God these glasses that give you a vision, a vision of God's goodness, here and now in this moment and in the future for yourself. God, we ask that you would fill our hearts with joy, that you would, God, right here and now, God, that your spirit would, as it's pressing in on us to, to bring joy into our, our lives, God, we, we do our part and we open the valve. We, we open our lives to receive it, to choose joy, to rejoice in you, God. 
God, teach us how to receive it. Teach us how to just live, God, in the flow of joy. God, so that we could be a happy people. And God, that people around us, that our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, the people around us, they would look at us and they would say, there's something, there's something about them. Because God, there's evidence of your, your, um, your Holy Spirit in us. So God, fill us now. God, as we sing, we pray, God, that you would fill us with joy.